0: Welcome to Highway Diary, episode 339. I'm your host, Eric Kallerbach, with me, Alex Stranger. How you doing, bud? I'm doing I, good. So a friend of mine, not a friend, an abusive piece of shit I know, uh, called Kledis Jr., he did your podcast called Combos from the Pedicab. Combos
1: in the Cat. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he's kind of an asshole.
0: Right, he just left abruptly. Well, he just left,
1: and then he didn't share any of his adrenochrome with me, which is kind of...
0: Oh, he left some at the house and just gave you... Uh... Look, I'm all about hospitality. So if I have a guest who drives a long way, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's plans uh, that we're going to go to Tinfoil Hat together April 7. I'm going to drive Klaus uh, and you, I guess. We'll, we'll work that out. out off. Uh... So, yeah. you know, we got all these plans going on. So I want to, you know, I want to make sure you're fed, you got adrenochrome, you got energy for the no, podcast.
1: Well, well, yeah, you know, I've done a lot of things. I've, I've, I've um, done a lot of creative creative things, and none of the creative projects I've done ha- has ever taken off. And the reason that this hasn't happened is because, you know, in order to, you know, get to the next level, either as a comedian, as a musician, as a podcaster, you have to drink the adrenochrome. Yeah. Um, the, the, It's what it is. Like, you have to eat the baby. You have to take the blood out of the, the, the pineal gland of the child. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do in order to be successful in Hollywood. This is an established fact. And so, you know, Klaus had some uh, adrenochrome. He stores he, it here. Yeah, he stores it here. In like in his, a big carafe. Of course, know? because if, if anybody, you know, if the feds try to rate it, then you, you go down for it and not Klaus. It's, it's a brilliant move. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a brilliant exactly. move. But anyway... um. I had some Adrenochrome, and hopefully now I can take my career to the next level, so we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, you ran for mayor, I hear, uh, in 2018, before you drank a Adrenochrome. That's a big mistake. Well, that's why I didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. What you you got to put the state cult in your favor. You got to get the state cult behind you.
1: Yeah, and, and actually, one of the things that I, I really regret when when Klaus came on, yeah, is that I I didn't really ask him what I need to do to advance in, in the Illuminati and what I need to do for my career. And he he, I didn't even bring that up or think about bringing that up. but I probably should have because maybe I could have. Uh, well, maybe said, I could have been there with the pentagram, you know.
0: Well, I think something about the young look. Go in the young global leaders. Uh, I don't do a good impression. I think, oh yeah, but... he
1: did say something that I should have joined the young global global leaders. Yeah. If I run and run for political office again, that's probably well,
0: the young global leaders. Uh, is that he? Do? I don't do a good impression. Class yeah, people like... always confuse. Even when you pulled up to my shitty apartment, right? Clearly, I'm not an oligarch. You
1: know?
0: No. Uh, you were like, oh, you look like him. I'm like, stop saying stuff like that. You guys, you know?
1: I mean, well, you, you have a similar beard.
0: Yeah, uh, people are racist against people with beards.
1: Yeah, the racism is a real problem, man.
0: I got in a massive Facebook fight today. Really? What happened? Well, it all started, I think, when Will Smith was made fun of. His wife was made fun of. And Chris Rock said, Oh, I think Jay is going out for Jane too. The only joke there is a bald joke. All right, she has alopecia. She's bald. He goes, G.I. Jane, she shaved her head, whatever that lady is uh, who was dating Ashley Cook. Demi Moore, right? Yeah. She shaved her head for mm-hmm. G.I. Jane. Very light joke. I I was contending on Facebook that he is an elitist, fragile-egoed cunt, and that's why he can't take the slightest ribbing in a movie reference. Okay? Also, he has a... Uh, his wife cheats on him constantly. Oh, I mean they're polyamorous. Okay, so your boundaries, right? You have ba- if people are married, right, and they don't cheat, that's boundaries, right? Yeah. If every whim of your emotion that you possibly want to, exp- I want to jizz over here. I want to come over here. I want this in my ass. I want this and that. Both, both cheating. Okay, now your pe- now your kids are lunatics because they also have boundaries. There's no boundaries. You could go to class, or you could play with Play-Doh. You could you could do this, or you could be a fox. Boundaries. Oh, no, I want to be a, a... Well, I think you're missing the
1: point, yeah, Eric, yeah. and it's that the punch was staged. Was it's... it? Absolutely. You think so? It's yeah. all fake? I think it's just, I mean, look at this, the, uh, if you look at like the pixelated reactions, if you look at the frame-by-frame footage, if you see it in slow motion, you see Chris Rock is grimacing... Before this even happens, like, he knows it's going to happen. Right. And and Will Smith is, like, twice his size. Right, It's right. a big dude. Right. He Way got twice. hit by him. Yeah. He got hit by him, barely even flinched, just kept kept the show going like nothing happened. Will Smith is walking on, giggling a little bit after he did that. You know, like, there was, like...
0: But then he seemed to be crying backstage after. Well, because he's an actor. That's what actors then, do. They act. And then... Then he was dancing with his Oscar. Well,
1: Eric, that's what... Actors do. They
0: if that act. was me, I swear to God, if I was hosting the Oscars and someone stepped on stage,
1: I would head kick them retarded. Yeah, I would do that same thing too, right? But, you know, um, everybody knows comedy is the last bastion of free speech where you can really express yourself and there and you can express yourself however you want to express yourself, right? And you think these globalists, do you think these globalist elitists want that? No. This is designed to send a message saying that you know, you're not safe as a comedian anymore. We want to normalize... Um, comedians getting punched in the face. Right, they right. Say something
0: To and they, incite, incite the normies to do it whenever they go to a show. Yes, I know oh, I paid $10 yes. for a comedy show. I get to punch the guy if I don't like what he says.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they should just go back to throwing tomatoes, honestly.
0: So I wrote, <laughs> uh, okay, so then I go, they're like, oh, you're this phobic, you're this phobic. I re-aggregated this meme. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. There's a Jada Pinkett Smith with a bunch of hot dogs in your mouth. And then I said to this social justice warrior, virtue signaling this, uh, that he's, oh, you're condemning their lifestyle, X, Y, and Z. I said, okay, I will admit I'm whatever polyamorous phobic. I want you to admit the following things. You're not funny. You're a fun vampire. And it's not fun to be around Was this a comedian? No, this was a normie. Heckling. I go... Dude, this Wolf, guy just assaulted this guy. But it's kind of
1: crazy how like other comedians would even take Wolf's Side. I haven't seen that yet. But no. have any like the woke lefty comedians taken Will Side? He's a fragile ego. Okay, let's assume, like, just maybe, asking, maybe like, if it was real. I'm just asking. I'm just asking, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. would any because com- like there's two sections of comedy. What I've noticed, right? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like the woke liberal version of comedy, and then there is like conservative conspiracy theory bro comedy. Right pretty much, right? Like the comedy's uh, like at least during covid I've noticed that comedy is split into two factions. Yeah. Um and you would think maybe some of the woke left comedians, I, I don't know, maybe they, I could see them possibly defending Will Smith, but even though, I haven't I haven't heard a single like I haven't heard like Amy Schumer defend Will Smith or anybody any of these people do that.
0: Because it, exactly. it's not
1: defensible. Like, like,
0: it's a dangerous thing to do comedy just in this. If you're at the Comedy Cellar in New York City in Greenwich Village on Bleecker and McDougal, and, and, you know, you have a good spot, right? They give people glass beer bottles, and then you say controversial things right there. It's dangerous. So if you have some dick slapping somebody and then winning an Oscar, that's like, that's like Barack Obama droning everybody and winning the Nobel Peace Prize. It's well, like, it's kind of see, weird that he is, never got
1: taken away by security after that. That, is kind of, that also makes you think that's it's true. staged. That's That's a good Because if that part. happened at an actual comedy show, security would take that person away. But security didn't take Will Smith But away. if
0: they're all sycophants and he's the top Illuminati of Hollywood, then, you know... Which makes you think that it's what if Elron
1: staged.
0: What if L. Ron Hubbard slapped Tom Cruise in the face? Would security take him away in a
1: Scientology event? Probably not.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: I don't know. I mean...
0: L, uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Will Smith, if they slap anybody at the Oscars, they're allowed to. They're allowed Why? to. Because the military industrial. Because they drank the right adrenochrome. They drank it. In front of uh, Michael Aquino while he was jerking off, <laughs> off over orphans or whatever. Who
1: knows what they're I'm doing. so
0: sick of this shit, dude. I'll, I gotta tell you, I'd rather be poor than rich. I'd rather be... Well, here's the thing, too, that you people know, don't understand,
1: also. And um, a lot of people will... Well, A, you know... The fact that people are even talking about this, like it's a, it's a topic of discussion, like why are we spending our energy gossiping about a group of elites or, ta- or analyzing the behavior of a group of elites who don't give a shit about us? They don't even care enough about us to make stuff that we're entertained by anymore. Mm. At least in the 1980s and in the 90s, or even in the early 2000s, the, the elites in Hollywood actually cared enough about us to make stuff that we would be entertained by, and they'd make movies that we would want to talk about, that we would quote, that we'd make jokes about, that we'd want to see again, that we would analyze the story of. These people don't even care enough about us to make entertainment that is entertaining. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't even be speaking You know, about
0: by South, South by Southwest, I heard very, by a very reliable source, high up in so- South by Southwest, management, just, I'm serious. Yeah. Comedy and music... Sold out everything. The movies they were at two percent capacity. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because we don't make good movies anymore. Well, because I feel like the filmmakers have to be out of touch by nature of the budgeting and by nature of well, that's not that you need a bank to that's like authorize your state propaganda. It's because China
1: controls Hollywood, and if, if you say anything that's uh, critical of the that that well, not even critical. If you say anything that the CCP doesn't like for any reason whatsoever, they won't greenlight your movie. Or they won't uh, give you a budget for the next time. Everything is so interwoven with the CCP that you can't even make anything that's funny or good because of how their culture is. The only way to like bring make movies entertaining, again, is you need to have multiple of entertainment streams that can compete with Hollywood. And I think we're, we're due for that. Mm. Um, you took an MMA fight. Yeah. So as above,
0: so below. So you were like, you know what, I believe in my survival so much. You know, I believe in, my, you know, maybe, maybe this is an avenue. I want to live between the fabric of society. I don't want a nine to five for the oligarchy. Well, I, I, I wasn't going to this... make
1: a career out of it. It was kind of something I was going to do just to see what... Would
0: happen. How scared were you walking out to an MMA fight? Because I trained Muay Thai a long time, I go to Ricky Lord's boxing gym, I'm going to teach a kid's How class. How long did you train May. Muay Thai for? I started when I was 27, I'm 36, 9 years. Where did you train at? Uh, I started at the Muay Thai Academy of America in North Hollywood in Los right. Angeles. Okay. And then I trained at UNO, I was kind of running. UN uh, you know what? The University of New Orleans, I was like running a fight club there. Oh, nice, okay. And then I uh, moved back to LA, I got back into Muay Thai Academy of America, but now I'm just kind of doing boxing at Ricky Lord's on Lamar Street. Uh, Again, in May, if you want, uh, if you have a kid age 8 to 14 or 8 to whatever, uh, then I'll teach kids class Wednesdays. Did
1: you ever do any fights? Monday and
0: Wednesday nights. I never did. My uh, coach, I was getting. I was really close to a smoker. I was uh, in great shape. I was really close to a smoker. A smoker is kind of a...
1: It's, it's a fight that's not on your record. It's
0: like two gyms fight each other.
1: Yeah, it's a fight that's not on your record. It's like but a, then
0: also, like, they didn't have weigh-ins. They didn't have doctors. They didn't have money. And then I go, hey, I'd like to do a smoker. My, my coaches looked at me like, they'll kill you. Like, the, some people there will kill you. And I was like, oh. And then I saw a, gy- a guy at the gym. He only did three smokers, and he was super punch drunk. He only did three smokers. Super punch drunk. Maybe
1: he just wasn't that good, or maybe he just had Well, I
0: mean, he probably got knocked out twice and got beaten up once real bad.
1: Maybe he got yeah. beat up a lot at
0: the gym. Who knows? Yeah. So... Maybe um, he played
1: football. Maybe he was head of football. Who knows? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, but how was that, like, making that walk?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, uh, the scariest thing was going through the fight, was training for the fight and being in the dressing room. Um, Once I was ready to walk in there, I just wanted to kill this kid. Yeah. Like, I didn't care. Like, by the time I was, like, ready to... By the time they called my name and I was ready to walk, like, I just wanted to to handle business. I just wanted to fight, and that was it, right? Like, I wasn't, uh... I was, I mean... I I was, like, so scared and so nervous that by the time I was walking out, that fear morphed into something else. If that makes sense. Yeah. So... so it, it I just, it just morphed into like this hyper focus, like I was very hyper focused. Like when I when I when I had my when I did my fight, I was like, I was just very hyper focused. Like I didn't look at the crowd. I like before the fight started, I only looked at him the entire time, and like I I just was ready to. I just was like, all right, well, this is what you got to do. You got to handle business. You trained your ass up for this, uh, and I also knew that I was better than him, you know, and so I was just ready. Like I I just was like, all right, well. Can't, no, turn him back. You gotta, you gotta do this.
0: How'd it go? Did you face adversity in the fight? Yeah,
1: I, I won pretty convincingly. How?
0: How? What? what it was time. just a
1: decision. A decision. But the guy, like, I, like he just had no. He was, he was a pretty decent striker. And he was tough, but he just had no take that defense. And so I, I just wrestle fucked this shit out of him for the whole fight. Like I was just double leg, double leg, ground and pound, double leg, and like. He was a better striker than me but I was outstriking him because of how much better I was at wrestling.
0: Yeah, cuz he was worried about the level yeah, change all yeah. the time.
1: So I mean
0: So you said that um, that kind of gave you clarity that fight well, which happened in 2017. Like it kind of when you were training for it all this like creative energy started.
1: Kind of. So I started doing improv uh, doing that during that um at, at Cold Town. At Cold Town. Yeah. That's how I met uh, Atari. Like, yeah, so, so I started doing improv. But another reason why I wanted to improv is, A, like, I was a nervous wreck leading up to this. And so I was working out, like, twice a day and, and pushing myself to, like, these crazy limits because, I feel, like, I was just scared, right? Um, and so I wanted to, A, do something to, like, kind of take my mind off of it, like, meant for mental health. And, B, like, you know, I, I have a job downtown where I, like, drive pedicabs and I'm always around drunk people. And this was before I met my girlfriend, right? Actually, like, I met my girlfriend right as I started my fight camp, which is kind of crazy. But she wasn't my girlfriend yet, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was going to happen or where things were and everything kind of happened at once. But the reason I wanted to take an improv class is because, like, I just wanted to be, like, around females that was not in a gym or a bar setting. Right? No. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, not even trying to, like, do anything or hook up with anybody. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. getting, like... Like a after bit, yeah after like,
0: college or high school, there's not a uh, reason to be around
1: girls. But even in college, I, I was I never really had any like friends who were girls. I never had friends who were females when I was like a kid, right? I never had never had it. Right. The first time I've ever experienced actually having a friend that's a female was when I moved to Austin. Like I never really had an actual friend that was a female until I moved to Austin. Mm-hmm. At 27 years old. I, I didn't move here until I was like 27. Mm. And it was like after my first like years I had like one actual friend that was a female because all my female relationships back when I was younger was just like girls like you fucked and that was it like I didn't I didn't know how to have like a relationship with a female that didn't consist of that right right because when you're
0: when you're in your twenties you just ...are constantly consumed by your libido.
1: Well, kind of. And also, I just didn't know how to talk to women. Right, right. I just don't didn't know how to communicate with women because at
0: all. you would Because the cum is up to your ears at all times.
1: I remember, uh, like, in college, well, it's just like... Uh, no, not, I, not can even I that. Read, can, not I, even, can
0: I even read a book without yeah, jerking not, off on Yeah, it?
1: Not, not even that, I'm man. a monkey. Yeah, not even that. talking about me. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, for me, not even that, I just didn't know, like... I just was, like, socially awkward. Like, I just didn't have, like, the ability to try to talk. It's like, I just didn't have the ability to do it. And so the only time like, when I was younger Ugh. where I would like be successful at having an interaction with a female I was like, if I was at a bar drunk, cause she was drunk and I'm a good looking guy. And so I didn't need to do much of anything, right? And so I had like this weird- um, Let's go, hey, I had a pretty like, weird view of women because of that. Right? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have, like, the best view of, like, females and women and all that stuff because of, like, how I felt about myself or being a little awkward and, like, just not knowing how to talk to them, right? And so, fast forward, I'm in the gym. I was in the gym training, like, twice a day. I'm around dudes constantly, right? Um... Yeah, there are women at the gym, but I'm not trying to talk to any. I'm not trying. I'm here to train. Yeah, yeah. Right. I got a fight coming. Yeah, I don't talk. Yeah, I have a fight coming up. I'm not trying to talk to any of these women at all. And plus, like, what if you know I was also insecure? Like, what if they don't like me? What if they think I'm weird? What if you know I don't want to mix anything? I got I got a fight coming up. I got to focus on this. Yeah, right. So yeah. It's like so I didn't really you know talk too much to anybody aside from like the people I was training with. Right. Right. Um, and then you're pedicabbing. And the only time you're interacting with women is, like, you're not drunk anymore, but you're just around drunk chicks all the time. Like, mm. you're just only around drunk chicks that are, like, that you're just hooking up with, like, quick, 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 you know? Um, and then because you're just a pedicabber, it's, like, they they never – like, it didn't seem like anybody really wanted to take you that seriously because you're just a pedicab driver, right? With no real plan of what you want to do, right? And all that stuff. So, I'm like, okay, maybe it'd be good for you to just have, like – to just be around a female in, like, a normal setting, right, where you're exploring something new about yourself. And that was another reason why I, like, did it, right?
0: So how was improv class?
1: Ah, uh, I liked it. It was cool. It was fun. It helped me a lot. Like, when I did mayor, like, like it helped me when I tried to be the mayor of Austin and all that stuff. Like, I took a lot of that with me when I was, like, doing candidate forums and when I was, like, making YouTube videos and when I was trying to, like, uh, I had to, um... I had to get a like, I had to get technically eight hundred something signatures to get on to the ballot, mm-hmm. right? And you know, the the improv classes I took at Coltown kind of helped me sell mm. myself to random people on the street mm-hmm. to try to get myself on the ballot to be the mayor of Austin.
0: Who? What? Where? Yeah, I was like, hey, hey guys, person, you want to help me get on the I'm ballot my, to be the mayor man. of Austin?
1: They're like, yeah. what? like what's your plan I'm like well you know I'm the only candidate with a real plan to make Austin more affordable and reduce traffic and when I get elected we're building a dome around the city of Austin so we can get rid of the Californians <laughs> uh, in order yeah, to yeah. make Austin a, a more affordable and equitable city we're also gonna reduce police violence by taking the guns by taking guns away from all the police and replace them with flamethrowers because there's nobody more progressive than me let me know where you'd like the sense, you know and so uh, that I wouldn't have been able to say that if I hadn't, you know, say that as confidently if I wasn't able, if I wasn't constantly doing stuff like improv, right? Yeah. So I think that, that helped a lot. Yeah. And it's helped um, doing my podcast because you you're improving all the time sure so uh, and also
0: like pull at at the thing uh, the plot of the conversation who what where why
1: when who what where why. you gotta yes that's, and yes and everything sure. that's how you do it that that's what you do you always yes and you always keep the conversation going and you
0: can always tell like when will smith does a podcast like because he's so out of touch and it it rubs him the like something
1: wait will smith podcast
0: they have a family of freaks podcasts or whatever it is and Everyone is just too much of a narcissist to relent anyone's point, so they're just talking at each other. Oh, I, I, I've Ugh. never seen that, nor would I want
1: to see that. Oh my
0: god. Um, anyway, I don't waste my time with those things. What's hilarious to me is like that's uh, when a comic, you know, or a person of the like a pedicab driver who's had an MMA fight is so much more down to earth than all of the Hollywood apparatus because they have to compromise themselves to get to the level. Well, you have to
1: compromise yourself to get into Hollywood. Like, you have to drink drink adrenochrome, literally, which is what I just did. I drank adrenochrome, (laughs) Eric. That was just in the
0: fridge. So, (laughs) but I I literally worked at 900 West Sunset in the penthouse, and I worked on this thing called If I Can Dream, and this guy called John Platt told me, he's like, oh, all these producer friends of mine uh, yesterday, they said they were at Brian Singer's house. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds weird. I was like, "What were they doing there?" He's like, "Well, they were for like an ornament for the house." There was like a dozen prepubescent boys nude in the pool for a wait, folly. Wait, wait, wait. What? For a folly? For an ornament for the party? Wait, this is a real party. Brian Singer's house in 2010. Why are there why are there a bunch of prepubescent boys that are nude in the pool at a Because Brian Singer is a procurer of children for Hollywood elite.
1: Who is Brian? I don't even know who that
0: guy is. He, he Oh, uh, have you heard of the X-Men movies? Yeah. Yeah, he's the executive producer-director. So the, the, the X-Men director yeah. had a party
1: yeah. at his house Yeah. Um, where there was a bunch of...
0: So who told you that? John Platt. P-L-A-T-T. He started Big Brother. He was the original executive producer of Big Brother. He wasn't there. I know that for a fact because he was... That night he wasn't there. Let me suggest. Uh, Because he was a workaholic and he worked seven days a week. And I saw him every time I went to work, he was there. But he said, oh, my friends were X, Y, and Z. Masonry. Freemasonry. Okay. Oh, we're just at Brian Singer's house and this and this happened. And I told him, I go, so did the police come and like a SWAT and like machete everybody dead? And he's like, I don't think it works like that. Anyway, let's work on the scene. And I was just like, excuse me? But how did the kids even get that? I literally feel like he was testing me to see how I would react to that. They also raised my pay around that time, and then I said, hey, I'm supposed and then they, they, weird things happen with that. What do you mean? They raised my pay. They, like, doubled my pay at that time. And you, what were you doing then? I was a story assistant for a show called If I Can Dream.
1: Uh, okay, and they raised your pay after they told you this? Yeah. It was like what do you, two why do you think later. they were doing that? I think they were just beta-testing me. They were trying to see if you were willing to join that club and do all that stuff to see if you...
0: Because I had good education. I I was an intern for the Masons when I was an undergrad for a couple days. They were creepy weirdos
1: in New York City. There's a bunch of Masonic Lodges out in Central Texas. There's one in Johnson City where I live, and in Lano, I went fishing there today, there's a Masonic Lodge. There are a lot of Masonic Lodges throughout Texas, which is kind of creepy.
0: What's interesting, what I learned from my friend James Robert Wright, it,
1: yeah. It's also kind of creepy. I don't want you to finish what you're saying, but it's also kind of creepy when you, com- when you factor in um, that almost all the Republicans that are in government in Texas are all rhinos who don't do anything to defend our freedom. And there's a bunch of Masonic lodges also scattered about throughout Texas. Chris Knowles, I mean, was, was, yeah, okay. One
0: of the most important things Chris Knowles of the Secret Sun blog ever told me was it's this state cult. And it took a long time for me to, that to sink in. The state has a cult. Government, control your mind. Mind control is the word of government. They have a cult. Government has their version of Scientology. It's called Freemasonry. There's only two places where you can earn your 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite of Masonry. Everywhere in America you can get to 32. Everywhere in America, you can get to OT level 3. If you want to get to OT level 4, 5, 6, 7, you have to go to Clearwater, Florida in, in for Scientology. If you want your 33rd degree in, Scientology, uh, in uh, Freemasonry, you have to go to D.C. or Dallas. Dallas. Where JFK was killed. Where? And by the way, when he was killed, three people earned their 33rd degree for the murder. Their names are Herbert Walker Bush... Lyndon Baines Johnson, and Alan Dulles earned their 33rd degree merit badge in the Scottish Rite for the murder of JFK. Did
1: they, when did they earn it? Huh? When did they earn it?
0: The night he was killed. The they earned th- it the
1: night? How do you know be,
0: that? Before they got on Air Force One, they earned it. The how, do you,
1: how, did you, how do you know that they, that, that was... Um... James Robert Wright, he wrote a book called Freemasonry,
0: a ritual of occult abuses. He worked in the building, the Dallas Scottish Rite, in Dallas. Right, but was me. there
1: like when when you get your 33rd degree, is there a um, is there a document that shows that you got your thirty third degree?
0: Uh yeah, they print you out a certificate, it may or may not have a date on it.
1: Oh, okay. It's just like this lord, this creep
0: and this creep and this creep all uh, signed. They okay. signed it's kinda like a like a so a, you don't... A, a degree of like you know, a college degree. It doesn't always have a... Or you got a, your black bubble. They do not know have yeah, yeah. a date. Okay, I, I understand that. Yeah. But then you
1: don't even know for sure if that guy is even telling... Oh, yes, he is.
0: So, so much creepy stuff happened around this person that he's real. He, he showcased he's real from his... Like, he, he he was friends with Leo Zagami for a time. He was friends with Lon Milo Dequette for a time. Lon Milo Dequette runs the OTO, the Oro Temple Orealis, which is Aleister Crowley's brand. Who's Leo Zagami? I,
1: that name sounds familiar. Like, I gotta...
0: Yeah, he was like a P2. Uh, he's an Italian creep who's on Infowars sometimes. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. He, uh, Alex Jones, visited the Vatican, and his uh, chaperone was Leo Zagami. All right, okay. Uh, he's a cokehead piece of shit. I had Leo Zagami on. I tried to have him on my podcast. Okay, so what happened? Here's what happened. I sent him a PDF of questions. He took my PDF of questions, ghosted me the time, and then put him and then read them out on his own YouTube. Cause he is a vampire of creative
1: effort. And he just get and he gets to talk and speak. Okay. Oh yeah, I've I've heard him on Alex Jones before.
0: Yeah. He is a vampire cokehead of creative effort. He ate a baby. He said he ate a baby on Project Camelot with Carrie Cassidy. He ate a baby. And then he steals my questions on PDF. And he lives in Palm Desert because the P2 in Italy, uh, you know, I don't know. He, he was too much of a cokehead loser for them. So, but, but
1: it's also kind of weird that Alex will put those people on and give them... I think it's smart. I mean, he ate one baby, and then Just he one, only one, he ah, ate one baby. He ate a
0: baby. baby and ah, it's he, a baby. He started a website called Illuminati Confessions, where he bled a lot of material. How else are you going to get this information if you don't deal with one baby eater who ate one baby? You know? It's like, you see what I'm saying? How do you get that information? Yeah, otherwise? yeah. But I think that guy's a piece of shit. Fuck you, Leo Zagami. Fist fight me. Um... <laughs> This just took a weird turn. It took a weird turn. All right, anyway, we're, um, we're, uh, yeah. We're talking about. So, creative effort. When you were training for a fight, um, that all of this, and you, you had all this job insecurity. You had all this like life insecurity. What's my next move? What do I want to do? And training MMA and training for to fight someone gave you clarity and all this creativity. Yeah, well, fun. I was
1: pretty uh, well. The the clarity was that I wasn't really all that good at this. And I don't want to do this for my job. And so I just, I want to make as much shit as possible so that I don't have to do it if I don't need to, right? Um, And so then, you know, you started coming out with these videos and I got these rap songs. Then it's like, yo, let me go be the mayor of Austin. See how that, you know. And so it motivated me to like want to do a bunch of stuff that I otherwise would not have wanted to do. I mean,
0: what's scarier than fighting somebody else to the death in a cage? I don't know, getting shot at. Yeah, okay, good point. But like there's it's like this time you're gonna fight this person in front of these many people. That's scary as fuck. It's
1: probably almost scary though to get attacked to be like, um to have to just fight someone in the mid like on the street where no one there. Yeah. Right, like if you look at it if you look at it from from that standpoint, right, like you know, at least when you fight someone in a cage, the the thing that you're the most scared of is you just get embarrassed, right, and you lose for the beer? most part. Yeah. Sure. You know? Go but on. like you ever been to, like robbed rob before? Uh,
0: yeah, I had a, a gun pointed at me one time in
1: my life. I think that's a lot scarier to have a gun pointed at you than to like get into a cage and fight somebody when it's yeah. like consensual.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I a guy try and rob me on a New York City subway back in 2012.
0: Did, and why were you in New York City? Cause I grew up in New York City.
1: Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh, that's why I lived with my mom and dad until I was like 27 and probably also why I didn't have like female friends until I was like moved to Austin because girls in New York are pieces of garbage. <laughs> They're but maybe I'm, generali- maybe I'm generalizing, right? Uh, you know, when you're a 27 year old kid that lives at home with mom, and when you're a 27 year old man that lives at home with his parents, like you're not gonna attract the best when yeah. it comes to-, to dating or friendship. You know, you just—it's just this is how it is, you know. Um, but what was I saying? Oh yeah, so I was like coming back home from like a party, and it was like three in the morning. And this, this ghetto-ass black dude, who like, looked like he was like in his 30s or 40s, looked like he did like some years in prison, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just comes up to me on the train. while well, I was asleep, right? I was like past that, and I kind of woke up. And he's like, hey, man, you all right? And I was like, yeah, thanks, man. And I was like one stop away from um, getting off the train. And um, then he just came up to me. He's like, yo, this is a motherfucking robbery. And so, right when he grabbed me, I just like punched him in the face, and just started like piecing him up. And then me and him like just started throwing down for a whole subway stop, and we just got into a full blown fist fight. Um, that I won, but I didn't like beat the shit out of him. I was just out boxing him, right? Mm-hmm. And he kept trying to like clip so him the, the doors
0: open, and he's still trying to wrestle. And well, probably, right,
1: so so like, um. Basically, the the things st- the, the, the the fight started when he tried to rob me, right? When He grabbed my shirt or did whatever he he did, and I hit him with a three punch combo. And then, right after I did that, he tried he likes clinched up with me and grabbed me. So I was like, okay, I know you got him because he's grabbing me. He's not trying to like fight or hit me anymore. And so then I picked him up and double legged him, like because we were by the door. Yeah. And then I remember I was like really drunk but also very like focused like you know um i like was like oh shit this guy could have a weapon grab his wrist hold on to his wrist do not let him do not let go of his wrists you're not like doing jujitsu right now like you're you could die like, this guy can kill you. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, I was like, let... Did he gun- have a gun? He pulled a gun? I don't know if he pulled a gun. He ah. didn't pull a gun out on me when... He just he, said, this is a Robert. And he grabbed me. Like, But he could have had a gun. He could have had... It. I didn't yeah, yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, So, I'm like, all right, I don't want to let this guy go into his pockets. I don't want to let this guy do anything um, where he might actually use a weapon. Because maybe he thought I was, like, some pussy-ass white kid. Right. Because I was, like, dressed like Mr. Rogers. I had a little button-down and a sweater over, it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was looking like Bill Gates. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And like, By hey, the way, can I just say
0: about Bill Gates? I don't want to body shame him, but he looks like he has two tennis balls dangling from his collarbones, and his flappy little tits. He's trying to tell everybody about global health. Go on.
1: Yeah, well, you know. It's I was because, on a- well, that's because they want the, the general public to look like that because they're easier to control. I was on Epstein's plane. It was for philanthropy. Yeah, right. You know, Jeffrey Epstein's friends want you to get vaccinated, so you should too.
0: Anyway, as I was saying, if you look at this curve, its population. If we really do a good job with global health vaccines, we can lower that by ten or 15 percent. Yeah, yeah.
1: The world is overpopulated. Even right. though uh, we're, we're so you're in place. a fist anyway, fight. Anyway, I'm for a, your so life. I'm in a fist fight, um, and I'm holding onto his wrist, and uh, you know, um, I the, my main focus was like, okay, this guy's gonna fucking stab me right now, because now he is like, yeah, now it just got serious. And so I, I got on top of him. I hit him like once or twice. And then I just let him back up because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, dude, you're a better boxer than him anyway. Like, just, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're going to be okay. And so I did that. And then my, uh, my stop, because that was 231st Street, right? So when I saw the door open, I hit him one more time, like a big overhand, right? And just ran off the train. And then just like started talking shit to him, like while, you know, while he was still stuck in his seat. He <laughs> just was sitting in his seat. And he just like nodded at me. He was like, okay. You know?
0: Yeah, like... Alright. It is what it is. I it's tried to rob you. I couldn't... Alright, I get
1: respect. I, I, guess got, <laughs> I, I guess I got his respect or something, you know? But uh, the reason I, like, assume that he, you know, probably did years in prison is because he was, like... He looked like he could have been, like, at least 10 years older than me. Mm. And he's trying to rob me on a subway at 5 in the morning, so I'm like, anybody who does that probably did years. Yeah. Right, so... out of options. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Uh so that was scarier than getting into a cage fight. So that, that was pretty scary. So you move from New York City at twenty seven to Austin. You start doing improv classes. Well, I did an improv classes. Like, that was like five. We just hit, fast forwarded about five years or something <laughs> like that, right? So, so,
0: so uh, okay. But I just want to kind of give because I'm from Jersey. I went to New School in
1: New York City. All right. Um, so I have strong New York ties. Um, yeah, hey, fuck that place. I'll never go back there. I only go back Not to. Not now. Her, I, only go back, I was only going back to her funerals, and that was it. And for my grandmother's birthday because she uh, was like, you know, in her late 90s but and, and you know cuz i wasn't sure when i felt like every birthday would be her last potentially mm. and uh you know now she's you know now she's dead but she's also lived to be 100 years old so, so uh, I'm, I'm
0: looking at your shirt it says trans vaccinated
1: yeah
0: um and so is that why you won't be in new york city with their
1: vaccine mandate Well, they don't they're not there anymore the vaccine but, yeah, mandate yeah like, i got that it's only for like workers for city employees and state employees i think or, yeah yeah yeah, they dropped those mandates because they're losing so much money from tourism. Mm. But I don't want to go back there anyway just because I never liked New York. Like when I left it was I left for a reason, you know, like I was miserable there. Like I was a grown man living with my mom and dad with no money and no like plan or ability to comprehend how I was going to, like, grow or advance my position in life in any capacity. Did you try to
0: go to college out there? Like, No, I went to
1: college. I have a psych degree from, like, from Binghamton in upstate New York. But I was, like, a mediocre student. And I graduated, like, I don't know, 2.6 GPA with a psych degree. You know, like, there was nothing that I was, like... I just didn't feel like I... There was nothing I was that I could do. I just felt like I was, like, just going to be trapped in a hamster wheel. Just doing nothing, being miserable. Like, feeling, like, um... Just feeling inadequate, right? Because it's a, it's a tough city, you know? If you don't, like... If you don't work in finance, uh, if you're not like connected to go to the right clubs, if you don't, you know, if mom and dad aren't bankrolling your lifestyle, you know, if you don't have, if you don't practice the right kind of feminism, you know what I mean? If you don't like the right art, you just don't fit in. It's such, a, it's like just a pretentious hellscape. So it wasn't my place, right? I, I didn't see. I just felt like it was overrated. I didn't want to be there. Um, all the friends I, that I had in college all seemed like they were moving on with their lives. They were like starting families, or getting married. They were like. Having these good corporate jobs, like nobody was answering the phone I tried to call them. Like, it was, I mean, it's like sad, but that was just where I was. So I'm just like, you know what? I just don't belong here anymore. This is not my place. I'm starting fresh. I don't care. And so then I just took the first job that I found in Austin, and that was my attitude. I was like, I'm going to take the first job I find. And what was I, that? Man, I was an after school counselor. I, I was a counselor in an after school program. And, um, then I found out about this like Region 13 program where I could actually be a school teacher and I all of a sudden was like, oh my God, I can actually use my college degree. This is awesome. And I got so excited about it. And then I found pedicabbing and initially, I just wanted to pedicab to um, pay for this Region 13 and because it was giving me some money and it was allowing me to you know, live in Austin while I was taking the next step, right? And then I didn't get hired to teach.
0: Mm. So, like, you're in this combine, like, a, a kind of like college athletes waiting to get drafted in the NFL. Your, your number's not called. Your name's not called. Yeah. Fuck, what the fuck was I doing for my whole life? Well, what was I doing this whole year? Like, why yeah, yeah. did I do this? So, right. then, uh, so then what? So then you just double down on a petty cabin and then all, uh, and then
1: I was a fight. Well, kind of, right? So, uh... The year after ap- like my first year I was like motivated it's like got a fresh start you're gonna be a school teacher now like I got purpose right and I never got hired right 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 didn't get hired um and I never knew really why I didn't get hired like I had like 14 interviews I thought I did really well in the interviews I like was um is your girlfriend calling you? I got a text sorry oh. but anyway um
0: we're doing good. Thirty nine. We're like forty minutes. No, no
1: anyway. So, uh, I I I thought I did well. Like I, I student taught and I got along really well with my head teacher and um, you know I was subbing in AISD and I was like I got a couple interviews from subbing and I try I, I like made sure I actually prepared lessons and you know I took only elementary school jobs because I wanted to teach elementary school. I want to teach kids how to read, dude. That was my game. I was like that. That was what I felt like my, my yeah, purpose yeah. was gonna be. Um, and then I just didn't get hired. And I had like a group of friends that I made her right off the bat and falling out with them at kind of the same time. The girl I was seeing like broke up with me. At all this happened at the same <laughs> time. Like within it's the It's every same...
0: country music song. It
1: all happened at the same time. It's like when i it, it just it all it just was like everything was going great until like the last two months of my first year where it was just every bad thing just kept happening at one snowball. Right. Right? And so uh that second year, I just didn't care. That second year, I, I didn't even like. I, I didn't even want to like meet new friends. I didn't want to do anything. Like, I started doing like paid medical studies. I was like, I'm just gonna go do paid med because I had like a bunch of credit card debt from this teaching thing, right? And I'm like, all right, well, I, I don't want to leave, and so I'm gonna do paid medical studies to get myself out of debt, and I'm just gonna like, you know, try to make as much money as I can. Pedicabbing, I can still sub, but now when I sub, I'm not. I'm only gonna. I'm gonna only take the easiest jobs I can find. And so I would wake up at like 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, see what jobs are available, call in. Because if you still worked like over four four hours and 45 minutes in AISD, they paid you for a full day. So I'm like, oh, well, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Classes. Yeah, like I, I, I basically felt like I got screwed over by the school district in Awesome. Mm. So I felt as though I owed them nothing. Mm. And, you know, as a result, I just. Um,
0: so 'll just be like the yeah on bench like yeah yeah doctor. yeah so
1: I just 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 found jobs that were like really easy and jobs that were available that were still available at like 10:30 and you're usually kind of in the hood where they like were just having anybody came right I taught like high school I was like yo have a seat and be quiet I'm gonna assume you're following all the rules and then I just you know um would go on Tinder and okay Cupid and just swipe right the entire time. And I got like really good at online dating for a minute because of this. And so that was like what happened year two is I just like uh Expanded your
0: network with your dick, bro. Pretty
1: much, yeah. I just started like <laughs> I was just killing it on OKCupid and Tinder. I was just I was just fucking slaying it on, on yeah, yeah. online, you know? And uh then I just decided, like, all right, this isn't good what you're doing. Uh, you need to start training again just so you can have some structure and people around you. And that's when I decided, like, hey, maybe you should go get a fight because I boxed for a minute. You know, I boxed for a minute. I had a few fights in New York. And, you know, I had done jiu-jitsu, right? Um, so I just said, you know what? You need to go train somewhere just because you need to have you need like friends that are positive. And you need to have something to do with yourself that's just positive, that gives you some kind of structure. Because if not, like you're not, you might not make it here if you don't. Yeah. And so then it kind of morphed into like, well, I'm not really doing anything. I just, I'm not really doing anything else that's worthwhile. I may as well just train. And then it's like, oh, well, you're training so much, you kind of should take a fight. Right. And then it's like, oh. Uh, the next
0: level of this is in competition.
1: Yeah, and I was like doing naga and jiu jitsu comps, I was doing well and then I'm like, well, you may as well do a kickboxing smoker. You're kind of all you're doing is working out and training, you're, it's kind of stupid not to, right? Well, better t- <laughs> I guess I'm, I guess I'm fighting this dude. Uh, and then I like it got really close with a lot of the people I was training with. I felt like we were all brothers, and I'm just like, well, now I just want to train because I feel like I'm part of a community and I want to take these fights because these are my friends, and then but it wasn't like I, it wasn't like I like, loved fighting. Like, I didn't really like going to practice. I didn't really like working out. It was just like kind of something I was just doing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I just subconsciously was just getting really creative and just making stuff, just making videos. And then I came up with these rap songs. And I'm just like, man, I really hope. I was like, man, if this song blows up, I don't have to do this shit anymore because I'm just going to have a ton of money. I can sit in my ass and just watch TV all day and I'm good. So I, I sorry, I'm going off, right? I
0: first met you. Um, I had driven uh, Klaus Schwab Jr. to Dallas,
1: and um, but I didn't I didn't meet you though. I met Klaus.
0: No, I know. I was in the car. I was uh, I was just keeping the car warm for him. Oh right, okay. But okay. I saw I saw you and him talking, and then like it popped up on his um, Instagram, which I have to like I have to respond. You know, I, I have uh, certain obligations, like just as his intern. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but you had this whole, uh, Joe Biden rap, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, I was, I was allowed to stand in the back during some of the performance. Ah! Um, and so, um, how did you, how did you, cause I know the process for me, from, from my, uh, perspective, um, getting involved with the tinfoil hat entity, which, uh, you know. You know, Klaus did episode five hundred. Ah, Eric Hollerbach has not done one episode of Tinfoil Hat. So it's there's ridiculous. Like, there's nepotism. Well,
1: it's also kind of crazy that they never put me on for an episode. There's there's nepotism. But it'll happen, you know. Hopefully, I get some my shirts there.
0: Klaus Jr. yeah. And Klaus Schwab Jr. is like does five hundred episode of Vegas. Yeah, you know, not not one episode for Eric Hollerbach. Weird.
1: Um, Nothing for Alex Stringer either. Weird.
0: Weird. Weird. Weird.
1: So what? How did you get involved with these people? Okay, so I um. I was at a gym called Eastside Austin Elite when I was training for my fight, right? And the gym shut down, like, kind of when I had that hematoma and when I was oh, going yeah. to the creative the head process. Somebody. Oh, yeah. I forgot to even bring that up, right? right so, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I won my fight. Um, swim pretty good about myself. And I'm like, all right, let's do a kickboxing. My game plan was to do a kickboxing smoker that June. My fight was in March 2020, right? I think it was, like, March... 3rd it's like march 3rd i think right i don't remember but anyway i um it was like march like march 3rd and then south by came and i was working south by and then it's like oh shit i can like go drink and do drugs again like let me do that for a little bit and then you know it's time to get back to work and do something right 'Cause you know, you don't wanna just only have one fight, that's retarded, right? You gotta you gotta do you know do a smoker to get yeah, ready for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So I just figured, okay, well let's work on your striking. I don't feel like I, I feel like I need to work on that still. Um and so I was gonna do a kickboxing smoker in San Antonio, and then I clashed heads with this dude sparring, like two weeks before the smoker. And I was getting in shape, I was running like I, I was, you know, running like three miles a day, like twice a week. I was doing interval sprint training like the other two times a week, and I was pedicabbing on the your weekend pedicabbing. I mean, well now we have motors but this was pre-motor so i was pedicabbing with no motor on yeah. friday and saturday night right yeah, so i was yeah. still working out um then I, I i got this hematoma and then the smoker didn't happen and then i was applying to be a firefighter in, in new orleans and then like i had a panel interview and i just thought oh you might get a call to be in the academy you might you, you gotta like act, you need to chill out and protect your body in case something happens right uh, and so then all that all that kind of happened at once um, your girlfriend left you no 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 this is my my girlfriend <laughs> my, my new girlfriend I've been with forever right for your like dog five ran years. Away. yeah 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 my dog the cat followed <laughs> <laughs> no uh so then I started doing all this creative stuff right and like um within that time frame I decided hey well why don't you just go box and just do golden gloves or do something like that because maybe by then they'll call you and just doing something like that will keep you in shape for firefighting uh, and it'll just keep you mentally strong enough to deal with the academy you know mm. and you, you, the injury risk is a lot lower like for your body maybe your brain is different but whatever uh, and, and then during that time frame I made two rap songs so I made this song about racism it's ahead of its time it's called Not a Racist you should look at it it's a notorious white boy it's by okay. name on SoundCloud on YouTube you can find these videos but anyway uh, and then um, I made this other song right called Woke and so rewind our gym where I was training uh, shut down because the owner got cancer within this time frame right and so I needed a new place to train Where I was, I was trying to find a place to train and this time I'm like yo I'm going to go to Richard Lord's and box that was my game plan so I went to Richard Lord's for like maybe like a couple few weeks and I was like I'm just going to go box I'm going to train every damn box right and I was only there for like two weeks and Richard Lord is actually one of the judges in my fight.
0: I love that guy. I see him every day. Keep going.
1: All right. I, but yeah, he was the judge. He was the only person who ruled my fight a draw. And I'll show you the fight. And I'm just like, this guy's definitely got hit in the head too many times if he's called that fight a draw. But. Um, no comment. No comment. Big sweetie. I love
0: Ricky Lord. Like he seemed so much. nice. Yeah,
1: he seemed like a cool guy. But anyway. Uh, I, um, while this was happening, right, I gave Alex Jones a pedicab ride, okay? So I gave Alex Jones a ride, and his bodyguard was in the cab, and he saw my ears, and I didn't really talk to Alex Jones too much about, like, any woke stuff, you know? Because I wasn't as, like, you know, woke about, I wasn't as woke as I am now, because we're the right kind of woke, you know? Like, we're not, like, the, the, there's 72 genders woke, we're there's... We are the like, yo, Hillary Clinton's eating babies, yo, with a bunch f- of global elites, woke. That's what we're, that, that's where we're at. But anyway, woke it started with 9-11 truth. Go on. Yeah, and then it got co-opted with this identity politics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, his bodyguard um, was going to tenth planet at the time. and told me to go to ten B, and I was talking about the firefighter stuff. He's like, dude, just go to tenth planet. Like, no one's gonna roll like an a- we don't nobody rolls like an asshole. Like, everyone's real cool and take care takes care of each other. And this and that, right? And um then I got out of the cab. I gave I gave Alex a Ride like two blocks, right? And then like the girl he was with was like, Hey, how much for the ride? I'm like, dude, I don't no I don't want any money, man. You you keep us woke, dude. I just want a picture. Right? And then he just slipped a hundred dollars out of his wallet and just gave me a hundred dollars. And so when Alex Jones gave me a hundred dollars, I just went to tenth Planet and use that because I had a yeah, yeah. I just used that for my first month at Ten P, and I was like, yeah. all right, let's go give Ten P a try and see if anything can happen as a result of this. And this was pre-rap song, so like, I went to Ten P. I was kind of quiet. I kind of just like went and, went and trained, didn't really talk to anybody, right? Because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I don't even think he... Uh, Curtis thought I was somebody else. Like the instructor thought I was like somebody else that he didn't like because we looked similar. So Curtis didn't really like me because he thought I was someone else.
0: I mean, people say I look like Clarkson. I know, I know, know. I, know. I get it, I get it, I get it. And, get like, it. people, I get a lot of heat for that. It's crazy. But just because you... I have a drink in
1: my fridge. Yeah, because he puts it there to frame okay, so it. Okay, anyway, so he thought you guy. looked
0: like an asshole.
1: Yeah, uh, and then... Play on it. And then he's like, oh, I just realized you were the wrong dude. My bad, dude. And and so during that time, frame, I'm like, I made these songs just unrelated, you know? Um, and... Then, right when I made the uh, Woke song, uh, it, was, it was my first conspiracy rap song, right? There was a dude from the gym, named Alex Gold, who I saw, I, I was pedicabbing, and I saw him like by Barber with like some girl or whatever, right? And I'm like, Yo, dude, I made this conspiracy rap song, you wanna hear it? And I was like, still working on it, and he was like, dude, this is good. And then I, there was a UFC event, and I saw uh, Curtis and like Priscilla, like his Priscilla, which is his wife now, uh, and like someone else. And I gave him the ride up the hill. And I played the song for Curtis, and Curtis like loved it. Curtis loved it. And then, like, kind of during that time frame, I started running for mayor. And the whole Tenth Planet squad, like, ate this mayor thing up. Like, they started they started sharing it on their social media. Yeah, yeah. They invited me on podcasts. They were like, they loved the dome. They were like. They had built a dome shirts, like Curtis was putting me in his Instagram story saying that he voted for me to be the mayor of Austin. Like they were all about it. And Curtis knew about my song my, my I, at the time I only had two songs. Right? The Not A Race Song and the Woke Song. Okay? And so at the time like Curtis loved the woke song. I don't think you heard that one.
0: Uh I saw the the uh, Joe Biden and Bill Gates
1: ones. Okay, there's a woke one that from way back yeah. in the day, so I'll show it to you afterwards. But Curtis loved it. And at that time, uh, this was uh, Tinfoil Hat came, was coming to Austin with Eddie and Sam Tripoli. And this was like a week before the election in 2018. And I, I bought my ticket to, to Tinfoil Hat because I'm like, yo, we're going. And I, made my, I dragged my girlfriend to, to go. She didn't want to see it at all, but I didn't care. I was like, I'm going there. Right? And so I saw Sam Tripoli go in, walk in the door. And I'm like, hey, Sam, what's up? My name is Alex Stranger man. I, did you did you see the video? I trained with the at 10 p.m. I just went the mile a minute. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yo, I made a rap song about conspiracy theories. Like, did you get the video I sent you? He's like, no. And he's looking at me like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what's what, what what's he fucking on right now? Like, I was just coming at him a mile a minute, right? And then I'm just like, here, man, I, I'm going to play this song for you. Hold on a second. I'm going to get a drink. And I just gave him my phone and played the song. And Sam is just like, I come back and Sam's like, yo, you want to perform this tonight? Mm i was like yeah and so i just randomly just like out of nowhere i'm in the green room with eddie bravo and sam Tripoli, like trying to sing this song and then it just became then they came back a year later and i had like another song and i performed like three songs that day and did a lot better and then um and then um i made the epstein song in that time frame i'm going off like i'm i'm
0: Hey, it all makes sense. But, 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 to me. Right, so anyway, I can it.
1: Um, remember how I told you that I get like really creative when I was like trying creative. to make some- fights? Yeah. Okay. So um, there's another avenue where I also get really creative. And it's um in Houston they have the Nutcracker Market. And um, you know, ever since uh, the mayor race, I would go down to Houston to do the Nutcracker Market. Right. And so in 2000 in. Yeah, so they had, and then they had this thing called Disney on Ice, right, at the Nutcracker Market, and I was just, all of a sudden, I just realized, I was like, bro, they need to make Infowars on Ice. <laughs> yeah. And so then all of a sudden, a light bulb went off, and I'm like, you gotta write a Broadway musical. And I still, I still need to work on my musical. I've been thinking about it forever, but it's like, all I have is act one. Maybe we can work on this together.
0: I don't... Do, I, I, I'm a... I i got my master in screenwriting. I'm really good at uh, beginning, middle, and end. Music, I have zero... It's the same
1: thing. You just literally put songs in there.
0: But I have zero musical training. Oh, so okay. I'll I do re, I'll read the words. You think words. I can fucking sing? I'll
1: read the words
0: uh, and help you with the structure. Yeah, and, that's all and I need. Yeah, part. that's all I need. The music, I don't know. Dude,
1: that's all I need. But anyway... All right. So then, I, then I'm like, oh, now we got to put more songs. And so, like, fast forward the next Nutcracker and I'm just like all of a sudden I'm just like this is right when Epstein didn't kill himself yeah and I I just started singing to myself like Epstein didn't kill himself Epstein didn't kill himself I'm like holy shit I got this and I have like some pretty good friends that that are in Houston that do this and I just start like the best way for me to get creative is I like talk my ideas out at people (laughs) and it's really annoying because well, I'm just like, hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I come up with lines, and I just start singing it in front of everyone. And I'm just like, dude, I'm. These people think I'm the most annoying person in the world because I'm just, you know, uh-uh. repeating the same thing over and over. And so, um, basically, throughout that Nutcracker, I came up with the Epstein song. And I'm like, oh, you better record this and make a music video. Otherwise, you're just an annoying asshole who just doesn't respect people. But if you actually follow through and make stuff, then they're excited. About you being an annoying asshole who doesn't respect their boundaries because they're contributing to something greater. Boundaries. If that makes makes sense, right? Boundaries. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So that's what happened. And then I performed the Epstein song when they were in Dallas. And then we all got drunk by the hotel. And all of a sudden, like, we're playing black and yellow in the, uh, like, on the way to the hotel. And then I just came up with a Biden song. I was like, Joe, Biden molest kids. He's a pedo. He's a pedo. He's a, you know, (laughs) and then that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and I made that and I made the video like during the primary. I made this in the Democratic primary in 2020. Right. So I had a bunch of Bernie bros that liked it. I had a bunch of Bernie supporters that were like liking this song just as much as the Trump supporters were liking the song because I made this in the primary of 2020. When nobody in the Democratic, when, when nobody who was a Democrat actually wanted Joe Biden to win. That's true.
0: I mean, his election, his whole uh, presidential executive branch is as fake as Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, I've learned today. You know, I thought it was
1: real. I was. Well, you know, was, if you don't if you don't support if you don't like food shortages then you're not a progressive. I was I yelling at people
0: have. on Facebook today about this. I, not, I, I got rid of my so Facebook. You got into his lifestyle, Will. I I, I no, got rid. He's latest douchebag. Everything about Will Smith is
1: garbage. Yeah, Fresh Prince is good. That was it.
0: Maybe. The first it was a great show. He should have stuck to that. He should have been thrown a wood chipper after so that the uh, Illuminati could have harvested his uh, residuals. I don't know. I don't know. It is what Instead it is. of having a garbage family who's all malignant narcissists, it would have been a better outcome.
1: I agree. It's a sad story because Will Smith seemed like he probably was cool back in the 90s.
0: But Chris Rock is, like, literally a genius comedian. So – and people are like, oh, like, oh, you're making it black, black, black and white. You're going to blah, blah, blah. This, like, race-baiting shit. It's like – I don't – I literally don't see that. I see Chris Rock is a genius who bangs it out in nightclubs. And Will Smith is an out-of-touch actor who – like – like Chris Rock at least writes his own material and performs his own material in nightclubs. Will Smith gets a script and then he's the best at emoting. What?
1: Well, oh, he's a useless vessel. I, I, I got rid of my Facebook. So I don't even I don't even waste my time <sighs> with that. And at the end of the day, listen, I'm sorry. Yeah, I spent, right, I spent right. too much time okay. arguing. Yeah, all right. But here's here's how I look at it, and it's that just it's that it's only gonna make me be more. It's like it's just only gonna make me want to get louder. And I think it's, I think they they want to kill comedy, but that gonna the backlash is gonna be where, as as someone who's a comedian, I just want to be even more of a dick. It's like I almost want to dare you to hit me. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be even more like now like I want to go on stage and I really want to get you mad. Now I want to go to the school board meeting. I want to be Alex Stein at the school board meeting. Like I want to do this even more now. If this is what you're gonna try to do. Fuck you! I'm gonna do this ten times worse. So I got a phone call from um
0: Rob Jr. yesterday. He wants to go to the Austin City Council meeting. So we got we got to talk about that. Okay, I think that's, that's like separate
1: or, or school board. We could talk about that. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, separate. Yeah, if, um, we need we need to take George Washington out of the school curriculum because he's a. Uh, <laughs> He's a racist, science-denying Trump supporter who, uh, you know, this guy, he doesn't even want to pay taxes. You think he would have gotten vaccinated? Yeah. I you think mean, he would have listened to the experts? He's a you think white he would have... man. He's a white male with... Ugh. Listen, you think that George Washington would have worn a mask? No, he didn't... You know, listen, he... this is a guy who doesn't want to pay taxes. He wouldn't... he wouldn't listen to the experts. He wouldn't listen to medical experts like Bill Gates or right, Dr. Right. Fauci. Yeah. He had wooden teeth
0: for Christ's sake. Who was he listening to back
1: then? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we need to look at um, we need to study real humanitarians like uh, you know Mao Zedong or um, Pol Pot. Yeah, Pol Pot, Fidel Castro. Yeah, Joseph Stalin. Like these are the role models that our kids need to have Mm -hmm. Uh, if we want to. um, Genghis Khan. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know how how much Genghis Khan really um, embraced progressive ideology. Oh, okay. So well, we, we, know, need, we need to study real progressives We need to study you know, real progress. We semantics. need to study real progresses to help create a better and more equitable future. And that—that's—that's that's the message that we have to con- that we have to convey to the school board because mm. how are we going to move into a new world order if we don't start really, you know, look looking for the right role models? We'll speculate on saliva. Sorry, I don't know what. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, that was weird. That's a That's that pretty weird. good impression, honestly. I don't do a good impression. I ah, yes. Um, okay, I got a couple of
0: dates here. April 1st, I'll be at the Blonde Tiger with Ariel Isaac Norman, who's a good buddy of mine. I met her kickboxing at Mikey Swenson's house. I saw her uh, the other day at uh, the Secret Theater. Boy, is she funny. Boy, are, do we get along. Um, April 9th, I'll be in. Uh, okay, so April 7 at 8 30, I have court for aggravated assault. Uh, April nine, I'm gonna be at the uh, Tinfoil Hat uh, show. Uh, driving in Clash Rob Jr. there, um, and uh, Alex Stranger's gonna be there at um, doing some rap songs. I hear allegedly. We gotta coordinate the kind of carpool issues after this podcast. Um, April twenty four, I'm gonna be at the Secret Group with my f- best friend in the world, Kyle Smith. Uh, there's a show called Hot Bread. Uh it's on my website. Sunday, April 24. Uh Alex Stranger.
1: Any where can people find you on the social network? How can people find what's going on with you? Oh, great question. So, uh go on my Instagram. It's at the Alex Stranger. My last name is S T R E N G E R, so THE Alex Stranger. Uh same as my Twitter handle. Um YouTube, you type in Convos in the Penny campus name name my show. And you can find everything, you can find my music video. There's a little play, there's a playlist section and you just see music videos, you can see the videos, you can see the, the clips I I do. I have some clips even with Klaus Schwab Jr. you can just see what a jerky is. Yeah, I
0: think he did uh convos of the pedicab. He yeah. told me
1: about it later while
0: well, he was like uh, you know uh, you know, putting uh, adrenochrome and ice in my closet over there. But
1: yeah, kinda weird. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. some bone fragments and everything.
0: Yeah, whatever. Or very spunking. Whatever happened at the kidnapping gets locked in the Yeah,
1: job. at Martin Preschool. it's pretty, pretty wild what they do. Well, he there. just
0: did uh, English study times there. but then He has he to learn.
1: Was, I mean, his English has gotten a little better. He would tra- be trafficked to uh,
0: Argentina to be shot on by uh, Hitler um, in 1994.
1: That's how we got into banking.
0: That's what I heard. That's the story he told me.
1: That, that, that makes sense. Uh, I can't they, think of anything more. Lo- that's, that's the most logical explanation. Again, April. Also, hey, my SoundCloud is the notorious yeah, white boy, too. So, I mean, we, we pretty much got everything.
0: Highway Diary, episode 339 with Alex Stranger. Uh, April
1: 9, tinfoil hat, Corpus Christi. Bye, everybody.